Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. You know, we, it's not like we were loose. Like, we didn't give up a whole ton, but what we did was um, very quality um, when we did. And we made a few mistakes, but, um, you know, that team, we talked about last night's San Jose playing loose, and that team did and played uh, played hard tonight. and. You know, they uh, they obviously got the the extra one. Very insightful hockey speak there from Dino. Loose. Was there a police siren in the background? Um, I think that was the. I thought that for a, a second they've got the same thing at the X. They do something in arenas sometimes with the fire alarms post game. Oh yeah, and they'll go off. The X mm-hmm. will have that, which it'll happen. just it's just it's really terrifying. annoying. It's honestly terrifying. Just trying to kick people out of the building, or yeah. what? The... No, no, it's some type of testing, or it gets hit. I don't know what, but it's really annoying. It, it's hard to write with a freaking fire alarm going oh. on. So now, fortunately, I just go go home. Be and a say, professional. Be a professional. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, that's my problem. <laughs> um, we uh, Mackie and Judd here on this on this Monday. Happy Tampering Day, everyone. This is a glorious day on the NFL calendar, and we've kind of decided. We're recording this before the tampering window opens, so we're gonna we're gonna talk some wild here to start with. Then we got some other NFL thoughts, but we're gonna stockpile anything that may happen. And we just like as we hit the microphones on here, Jordan Hicks is back on a restructured contract. We don't know. Um, by the way, uh, Dex, your tweet there. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. So he was uh, he scheduled he's scheduled to make four point four million dollars. The cap hit is six point five million dollars. Up to you if you want to alter that tweet that you just put I'll out. Probably leave it because he was still scheduled to make the six point five on the cap hit. So but, tell that to him. Yeah. He wants. He's yeah. getting he wants four point four. He was scheduled, but yeah, I don't know what's going to happen now. They are slicing and dicing, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he, well, he's not sliced and diced uh, in terms of his roster spot, but his salary will definitely <laughs> not be uh, what it was. So we'll, we're going to stockpile all Vikings related news and we'll, we'll get, hit you guys with a, a purple daily episode later, but Judd, why don't you fire away here? It's a statements Monday on Mackie and Judd. All right. My first wild statement. Jonas come back <laughs> uh, with Kirill Kaprizov out. That's bad enough. Now I do like the fact that in Kaprizov's two game absence so far, Zuccarello shooting more. That they are they are actually uh, generating at times more shots, but this defense cannot take the loss of Brodine and Caprisa being out up front. 
Uh, last night, the game tying goal by the Yotes that sent the game to OT was a was one of the most disastrous uh, defensive zone plays I've seen. McBain, uh, who plays for the Coyotes, brought the puck in. I don't know why Goligoski, who plays the left defensive side, switched to the right side, almost like he was supposed to. Like It looked like he was doing it on purpose. Uh, Dumba, who plays the right side, then tried to take the left side and looked completely confused, and Dumba had a bad game. And the breakdown was enormous. When Brodine comes back, which could be as early as this week's game against St. Louis, you're going to have to, in my opinion, play Klingberg and Brodine together because Klingberg brings you some offensive potential, but he is literally, it is a grenade-type situation in your own zone with him. He is, uh, every time... They, they knew that going in, right? Yeah. Like they, Well, right, but... This was an eyes-wide-open trade. That's exactly right, but Brodine can make up for that. Brodine can make up for that. And He's like me playing NHL 95 on Super yeah. Nintendo... Where I just take offsides off and yep. like I just, I just, just Except, I'm just gonna hang out over here. Uh, if they score, whatever, we're gonna try and cherry pick. There, there was one play in I think it was the first period last night where Klingberg's defensive partner John Merrill passed him the puck. He blew a tire and it literally looked like it was a grenade. <laughs> he like fell down. The puck exploded. Went right to a Coyotes player. But anyway, I blame so, the skate sharpener guy. Yeah, Brodeen playing with Klingberg is going to fix a lot of the problems that are presented. And most importantly, it should get Goligoski out of the lineup, which is absolutely imperative. You can't need to play the style the Wild's going to play without Kaprizov and give up bad goals. You have to play incredibly responsibly and incredibly smart, and the puck cannot become a hot potato. Jonas Brodeen will fix that to a large degree. Bring back Brodeen. What is your level of, after, after watching two games without Kaprizov here, as they try to weather this storm, so where are you at on the panic meter? Are you, uh... If, uh... If Kaprizov isn't back at, let's say, 85% or more for the playoffs, they're done. They're absolutely cooked. My panic that they're going to miss the playoffs is incredibly low. But, I mean, you can see the problems. And, you know... God bless Dean. Part of his job is doing post-game press conferences. But he had to be livid by what he saw last night. Like, that's a try-hard Coyotes team because players actually care. But as far as that that loss of a point goes, it's a brutal loss of a point. Like, that that's the exact – because you, you caused it yourself. So, But my panic in the playoffs is very high. My playoff panic as far as will they make it is very low. So I don't know. It sounds like you don't need to hear this. I'm pleasantly surprised by that. Uh, but forever, for whoever does need to hear this, my first statement is for the doom and gloomers out there, the oh, my God, Kaprizov, you know, um, my statement is calm down. Calm down. They've scored nine goals in two games without Kaprizov. They've continued extending their month. That's a month-long point streak now. Four weeks. They've had a point streak that's gone back to, like, Valentine's Day, basically. And uh, they are currently, and in, in, in you said your panic level is low for missing the playoffs. They are 11 points clear of the teams that are knocking on the outside trying to get in. So you'd have to have a crazy collapse here. They also have, and I get that it's it's not a guarantee because you could have said this about, you know, the Coyotes. Uh, they're not a good team, and, you know, they beat you in overtime, but... 
yes, you play Boston. Yes, you play New Jersey and some tough teams. But in the next 10 days, you also play St. Louis, Chicago, Philadelphia, all teams that are sort of bottom seven, bottom eight teams in the NHL. So you have winnable games on your schedule the next 10, 12 days. And might I suggest, Kirill, maybe not 100% when he comes back, but he'll be well-rested. You know, he gets to kind of kick back. LeBron James doing the same thing right now for the Lakers. If they can just sneak in, he's going to be all fresh as a daisy when the NBA playoffs start. You know, Kirill played 81 games last year and playoffs, carried this franchise. He's been carrying the franchise even more this year because Fiala's not there to, you know, score 30 goals. So he's been carrying this franchise for the last two years, playing every single night at a high level. Maybe this winds up being a blessing in disguise if they can just get in. Some other guys can find their footing and their roles, and now you plop one of the best players in the league back on top of it. By the way, if Kirill, if Kirill was, calm old, down, Judd. was older, if Kirill was older or ever showed being tired, I would agree. Everyone could use a nap. This is lower body, off. though. Yeah. He's going to come back. It, it's going to. It's a groin or something. I, it's it's very very tough. I think. I saw it's, our guy uh, Kenny Olson from the Garage Logic podcast. He says his he literally tweeted this from the MSP traffic account over the weekend. His sources are telling him hamstring. He said, uh, "Do with do with that what you will." So if you believe our guy Kenny, Kenny Olson, Olson from Garage Logic, Olson, take that Joe Smith news. and Michael Russo. Getting the, getting the yeah, scoop there. Let's exactly go, Kenny. Right. Yeah, do Don't your job, Russo. Yeah. Come on now. Uh, my statement, I'm going to ride a little bit with Phil saying, it's take the points. Take the points here. So you lost your superstar player to a knee injury, and yeah, hopefully he is able to come back here in three to four weeks. Philip Gustafson finally looked human last night, and that's a Coyotes team that Judd said the try-hard Coyotes team. It's not a good Coyotes team. You're still able to score some goals without Kirill. Take these points right here. Um, they've distanced themselves enough from the from the bottom feeders in the Western Conference. They're almost going to be a lock essentially now for a playoff spot. How well they look and how healthy they are come playoff time, mostly Kirill Kaprizov, hinders a lot on how far they want to go in the playoffs. But right now, take the points. 12 straight games with the points, dude. That is very good, uh, good, good place to be in. So I would say just take the points, ride this out. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, this Boston game. What's the schedule here? Is it they have a bunch of East Coast teams, right? Boston Washington Saturday here. They I, I think they play Boston, and then is it Washington Saturday, Sunday at the X yes. in the afternoon? Then they and get St. Louis, Louis coming up this week. Yeah, the Devils, the Devils. <laughs> yeah, those are, are tough games. Those are tough games. The, the thing about this is it is so crystal clear how this team has to play that that's the thing. If they play the way that they are supposed to and have to play. They will win games still without Kaprizov, and if they don't, they just won't. Um, the one good thing about Kaprizov being out is certain people have realized they have to shoot. I, I mean, love Zuccarello seeing your angry tweets. Again. You'll just like single players out on Twitter yeah, when they yeah. start to when they start to like do what I was told. What, you're like what, stop, what stop, to stop playing like you have skill, comma insert player. Yes, <laughs> yeah, you don't have enough skill. But but here's the thing: hey, is Zuccarello. Declan Stop acting ag- like you're good at hockey, guy. Just Declan will agree with this. Zuccarello <laughs> does have skill, but he doesn't use it correctly. Like when it's all, like it's like he and Kaprizov are high school classmates, and he's always trying to suck up to the cool kid. It's like, no, dude, you're cool too. Show you're cool, <laughs> in a, but in a different way. In a different, in a different way. way. With your well, long stick, you get your you own stick. You don't shoot. Have to, you don't have to shoot. wear matching clothes every day at a school, right? Yeah, you just can... shoot the damn puck, and he has, and that's good. Uh, I'm actually more concerned right now about the defensive end. Like, because if they play the the right way defensively, and once Brodeen gets back, I think they're okay. You know what's funny? Uh, they have 
So they've allowed the same number of goals as Dallas this season, but Dallas has averaged like a half goal more per game. Yeah. And even some of these Eastern Conference teams, like the Wild, are kind of right there with New Jersey in terms of goals allowed, right there with Carolina. It's like they're like 10 off from Carolina. But all these other teams have 40, 50 more goals. Well, Boston has Boston has a 103 yeah. goal differential. It's absurd. With oh. a month left in the season. Boston's nuts. They've lost 10 games in regulation all freaking year. Yeah. Just absurd. And they've already clinched. Uh, well, have they have they clinched the division or just no, the playoff spot? No. I think they just clinched the playoff spot on Saturday. They're getting close to clinching the division though, yeah. like a month Dude, ago. Dude, their season is off the charts, and and there there were some who expected they might miss the playoffs. That's the incredible thing. They weren't mm-hmm. expected to be. They, I think they were going to be competitive, but nobody saw this. Now, I will say it'll be very intriguing, and they are a veteran team, so I do like them. But uh, this is the this is a classic setup for a fall in the playoffs. Like yeah. you play your ass off, you get all these points. I've told you guys forever. I am I am as against the president's trophy, which is for the, the most points, as any year as any regular season trophy that I can be. But do you, you think there's causation off. or is it just okay, it's it's hard for any number one seed in hockey to make it through the two month playoffs and win the cup? Or do you think there's causation that if you if you rack up hundred ten or hundred fifteen points, I mean they're gonna rack up 120 some points. Yep. You're saying that because you did that, you're going to be worse in the playoffs. Not all the time, but I'm convinced that, that, uh, and this goes back to the perfect example. The poster child is, do you remember about, was it four or five years ago? The lightning had an unbelievable season, one game, one of the playoffs against Columbus. And then I think got swept. And there's two things. One is, I think when you start to have a season like that and you start to chase the points, so like you're like this is unbelievable that you actually that you actually focus on that and work so hard and the playoffs come and this is not true across the board it's not true every single time but the playoffs come and you take this breath and you're like okay here we go again and you're sort of gassed at times and the other thing is when you look at it like with Boston they're a veteran team so like they're going pardon my French, balls to the wall right now. Like, they're working their asses off. Like, this is hard to get this many points. Um, and I just want my players as fresh as possible. What's the, the solution, though, to, to just to, – well, is it to rest players or is it for players to Tampa not got, try hard in games? Like, Tampa what are you got, suggesting? Tampa got smart. They took their foot off the gas pedal to make because they knew that they were good. And they said, okay, from now on, we're going to make the playoffs because we're really damn good. But we're not going to focus. We're not going to put a premium on how many regular season wins can we get. And the other thing that they did that was smart is they went from being a little bit more back then of, of a finesse team, which can win during the regular season, and said, screw it. We're going to go out and get some. And it's not fighters, but it's guys that can go in the corners. It's guys that can check. So, And, and I, think Boston, I think Boston's fine there. I like their roster. I'm just saying... I've seen this before, and when you have guys like Patrice Bergeron, who's an old man, working their asses off to get points, I'm not a huge fan of that. Mm. The uh, last nine President Trophy winners have not advanced past the second round of the NHL playoffs. So maybe, yeah, so that's that's telling. It would be one thing if, okay, because I, I, I would bet you if you looked at, historically, even just if you looked at the one seed in both conferences, I don't. it's not like football where, all right, you get a bye in the first round, and right. then you play – 
you play one home game and the next round one home game, and it's likely that you're going to be winning or playing in the Super Bowl. And the NHL, you still have to run a gauntlet of hot goalies and the game changes. But you know, so you're saying you'd rather be the uh, let's see here. You'd rather be the New York Islanders, who are kind of just chilling there. No, no I don't like them that much. No, thank you. No, thank you. But but I I would rather be a veteran team that's like, you know what? We're going to make the playoffs. Okay. And then once we do, now we're going to kick some booty. All right, back to Judd here. Whoops, that is the... That is the oh. we, will, we will do that at some point. Oh, boy, the, I just got excited. That is the wrong... I no, mean, this... Yeah. Actually, all right, if I could... If I could. Since I hit that sounder, we're not going to do a mock till uh, after statements, but yep. my next statement actually kind of falls in line. Here it is. Not even the Bears can screw this up. Can they? So yep. after fleecing the Panthers, and you know, here's how you know you got fleeced if you're the Panthers and how desperate they are as a franchise. And I can, I guess I can, um, I can applaud their aggressiveness knowing that if they sit in that nine spot, they're probably not going to be able to draft. If they do get a quarterback, it'll be just like, the fourth guy. They won't have any control over who their quarterback is. They're saying, we just want the quarterback for the first time since Cam Newton. We want a guy that can we can plug in and we'll worry about the rest later. But they don't even, I don't think, know who they're going to draft yet. According to people that are plugged into the NFL scene, and even according to, like I think, Frank Reich did an interview, and they're basically saying, we now have a month to figure out which quarterback we're going to draft, which tells you there isn't an Andrew Luck or a John Elway or, you know, pick your star quarterback. There's not like a Trevor Lawrence sitting at the top. But on the Bears' end of it, they now have, and you tell me, Vikings fans, does this make you a little nervous? Usually you kind of just write the Bears off. Yeah, they play, they play you tough on Monday night because they can run any quarterback out there and still give the Vikings problems. But generally, like, the Bears are not a team to worry about very often. But now they have $75 million in cap space this year and a lot more beyond this year, most in the NFL. They have 10 draft picks this year, including four of the first 64 picks. They have two first-rounders next year, a first and two second-rounders in 2025. They now have DJ Moore, one of the top like 10 to 12 wide receivers in the NFL, Chase Claypool, Cole Komet, and Darnell Mooney. As, that's probably the best set of four weapons they've had at least since I was born. And then uh, Justin Fields on a rookie contract for three more years. Can they screw this up? Um, Here's what I'll say. Well, of course they can. But Ryan Poles, and this is what I like, from the day he walked in that door, his plan has been just perfectly clear. So I would give them the benefit of the doubt because so far, whether you agree with the plan or not, it's being executed step by step by step, right? So who knows? I mean, it's the Bears. They they have not had a franchise quarterback since, what, Sid Luckman in the 50s. So, yes, they can, but I love this. And I also love, you know, in baseball, I think there's a case to be made that that the new wave of executives have done some good things and some bad things. Like there are some things in baseball that that and it, this is not old man yelling at clouds. It's just like there's some things about baseball that I think they're trying to fix now too. By the way, but you know what, you guys in football, the new wave of executive is great. For the first time in the history of the league, the first overall pick was traded before April. Second of all, Carolina's yeah. turned around and said, "Hold on a second here. We want the pick because we might shop that pick too." 
That's the look, interesting thing. If they were to move, yeah, if they were to move back or something, and and look at the yeah. trades we now get. I, I mean, how much, Phil? How much more fun is is this league as far from a standpoint of March goes? And it was always fun, but from the time that that we started doing the old show, you know, I felt like we had activity, and that was, but the outside the box thinking now and sort of what the hell is that? But it's awesome. Yeah, I don't feel like that really existed much, and now it's the norm. And as a fan, I love it. Yes, it, it is. A, it feels like just a more innovative, aggressive group of GMs that's come in here. The guys who are like in their early 40s, the, I mean, both guys that the Vikings interviewed as finalists, right? Ryan Poles, Quasey. Uh, and you've got quarterbacks, some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, the Lamar Jacksons. And Kirk Cousins was kind of the first one that actually went year to year, bet on himself, you know, five, six years ago and said, all right, I'm going to hit free agency. It's very rare that a top 15 quarterback hits free agency because they always just sort of find ways to agree. And uh, you, Lamar Jackson available. Tom Brady forcing his way out of New England, right? The Aaron Rodgers stuff here. I guess we saw the same thing with Favre. So, yeah, once once some of the top quarterbacks decided, you know, we're going to try and strong-arm these teams into guaranteed contracts, and we're going to be the ones that play hardball, just like NBA players. I don't want to sit here anymore and deal with a bunch of rookie-wide receivers. I want to go where the grass is uh, is greener. And I don't think it is greener for Aaron Rodgers, but uh, that news might come out while we record Mackie and Judd here, by the way, because if he doesn't want to hold franchises hostage, like he's been saying. Which he clearly does. He already is, but he needs to make a decision. Uh, it's 10.25 a.m. Central Time right now. He'd have to make a decision in the next 35 minutes to officially not be holding someone hostage. Otherwise, these teams, like, what do the Jets do? If two hours from now, it's like, no, oh, is he... Is he coming? Is he not? Do we start talking with Garoppolo? So, anyhow. All right, Dex, back over to you. All right, I'll give you another one. Uh, blooming. My my statement is blooming. Marc-Andre Fleury, after a rough uh, little bit of up-and-down season, has uh, turned his game around over the last five games. Uh, GAA, that's near one, uh, exactly one this uh, over that stretch. He has a save percentage over 940. He's definitely turning his game back in the right direction after a kind of up-and-down season with the Wild in his first full year with them. And you need him playing well. I mean, I think Philip Gustafson's probably on track to still be your number one goalie come playoff time, rightfully so. But when you have to rotate these guys, you trust that Marc-Andre Fleury is playing his best hockey. And we talked about this a year ago when he was acquired at the trade deadline. Marc-Andre Fleury has lost his jobs before. Like, he's lost jobs to Rob Leonard. He's lost jobs to Matt Murray. He's lost jobs before in kind of weird situations. And then has still become better from it. He won a Vesna two years ago after being benched in Pittsburgh, right? They basically ran him out of town. So this mm-hmm. is kind of the perfect guy who can kind of get out of that, which he did, so he, which he has done so far. He's got out of that funk, and now he's playing probably his best hockey of the season. Don't you think, though, if he if he continues to play his best hockey, don't you think Dean is going to? They are, yes. I mean, like, the decision is heavily weighted toward if Marc-Andre Fleury is just competent the next month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's going to start, right? He's going to start game one. This is also a good thing here, too, because you basically have – Two guys, uh, and and we've talked about this a lot, but Gustafson's been just a huge surprise. He didn't play well last night, but he's had a great year. And you know what? It's not the worst thing in the world to pinball back and forth. It's a long year. Hell, in the playoffs, two guys can play at times. So, like, this has been, it's been very convenient, I think, that they've sort of gone back and forth. I think we think it's a bad thing because, you know, give me definition. Who's your top goaltender? But the reality is this, both guys, for the most part, have played well, struggled at times, which is to be expected. 
But one of them, it seems like, at least since the very start of the season, is always playing well. So, like, this is a good problem. And and if you are going to make a playoff run with this team, with this team in particular, you're going to have two goaltenders. So, like, I don't think, unless Fleury or Gustafson started and just stood on their head, which which with Gustafson's, um, Gustafson's inexperience and Fleury's age, I don't see, I think it's a pretty good problem. Because they both played really well at times, and Flurry right now is playing great, and that's outstanding. I agree. I agree. It's a good problem. All right, Jelly. My next wild statement. May the fourth be with you. <laughs> that that would be the fourth line of the wild, which last night, which last night, I'd like to give them uh, kudos. Um, uh, Shaw, Dewar, and Reeves were the best line that that team had. They played absolutely outstanding. And that might seem like a small thing. But again, postseason hockey, if you can get a fourth line that can eat up time, provide you any offense at all, but more importantly, play the style that this team is trying to embrace, it's absolutely a hidden gem. It's absolutely key. And that line, the last two games, I think, but last night especially, was just outstanding. And... The Coyotes gooned it up a little bit more than I think you'll see in the playoffs. But, I mean, the playoffs, you don't have fights there, but you certainly have tight games. Scuffles. And a lot of scuffles. And and, and you got to be tough. you got to be tough there. And that fourth line plays th- that style. And and uh, Shaw and Dewar on the penalty kill are phenomenal. So, like, don't overlook what that line brings. Because ultimately, it's incred- incredibly important. And I thought that the way that, th- that those guys played last night, I thought they were clearly the best line that the Wild had going. I know that this is probably irrelevant by the time people listen, but just to hear your reactions right now, uh, I interrupt this statement's edition of Mackey and Judd for another Aaron Rodgers as the world turns update from our guy, Rob Demosky. He says, we're an hour away from the start of free agency. Now a half hour, by the way. And I'm told neither the Packers nor the Jets know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. Has he surpassed Brett Favre in terms of peak narcissism? If you had a Mount Rushmore of the biggest narcissists in NFL history, is Aaron Rodgers now the George Washington? Has Brett Favre been moved down a peg? You know who I'm going to blame here? I'm going to blame the Packers. Because the Favre thing, which, by the way, was not their fault, but blew up on them so disastrously. I mean, they literally had people, you know, in their parking lot protesting, okay? So have you seen Mark Murphy, the Packers president, and that entire team has been like, you know, basically said, we want to move on, but we owe this to Aaron Rodgers. You know, his take his time, blah, blah, blah. No, no, you don't owe this. At this point in time, you don't owe him anything anymore. <laughs> So, like, I actually blame the, blame the Packers because when Favre retired at that time, they made very sure after, what, the 2007 season that he was done. And then in June, he's like, I want to come back. And they're like, dude, we turned the job over to Aaron Rodgers. And so then it sort of blew up against the Packers. He ends up with the Vikings. It's, it's as far as they're concerned, a disaster. But this whole thing of allowing him, like, we're going to give him his time. Where he has done nothing but crapped on you for how long now? Every offseason, Aaron Rodgers has crapped on you. It's wor- That's worse than Favre. Because Favre ru- made rumblings for years about retiring. Aaron has talked about being unhappy. They've given him. I mean, look at how much money he's scheduled to make in 2023. Uh, he ain't dude, retiring. 
And everyone just so, walks on eggshells around him. Has no one, no one with the Jets, no one with the Packers, Mark, Mark Murphy, or is it Woody Johnson? Is he the owner, the billionaire owner of the Jets? Yeah, right? Woody Johnson. N- yeah, no right. one is telling him, hey, uh, we need a decision by 5 p.m. Sunday because we need to know what we're doing. When everyone else starts to negotiate with free agents, we need to know, do we need to clear $50 million in cap space? Can we sign players? Should we go after Jimmy Garoppolo? Well, and it's just hilarious, man. Like he's, and he's if you don't a- want him back, like it's very clear the Packers are done here, right or wrong. All right, if you don't want him back, go scorched earth. But then, but yeah, but but then you lose trade value. That, so they've already lost a bunch of trade value it, because yeah, they're exactly. negotiating with one team. Exactly. And so if they then go scorched earth, now the Jets are going to be like. Oh well, but then but then both teams also run the risk of Rodgers. I don't think this will happen because I think he wants the fifty-eight million dollars or whatever yeah, he's owed. Exactly. And I don't think he wants to share the Hall of Fame podium with Tom Brady. So I would I would probably call his bluff on this, but he could easily just say, "Ah, I'm done. I'm going to retire." Okay. Actually, he's one of those. He is one of those maddening people who thinks he's smart. Yeah. And the only way to get those people is to bully them right back. Go scorched earth. Screw it. He he retires. Fine. I mean, what are the Packers going to get at this point in time? It's uh, a bologna sandwich. Like, it's, well, no, you they're, know, they're they're going to get a first round pick for him. Although, I think we should stop that? talking about this because it's all going to be outdated by the time we post. Yeah, that's this not true. All right, so. all right, sorry. <laughs> sorry, you started it and you got know, me pissed off, I know, and, I and now I, blame I, even, you. I even prefaced it by saying yeah. like this is probably bl- going to be outdated, but. <laughs> I blame you. you. I told. I, yeah, you did. Thank you, Declan. <laughs> I'm going to poke the bear again here. Can I give you guys a twin statement here? Are you guys ready to, to I, talk twins? I know where you're minutes? going because I've been re- reading the same things that you have the last couple of days. Okay. Well, my statement is everything is fine. Everything is fine. You're Kevin Bacon in <laughs> Animal House when he gets run over. Everything's fine. So uh, the twins play their first regular season game in 17 days, just over two weeks. In two weeks, they will be, where do they travel to first? They play in Kansas, Kansas City. City. Yeah. So they'll be in Kansas City in two weeks, probably from tomorrow, to prepare, take batting practice. Two weeks. Two weeks. Okay. Byron Buxton and Jorge Polanco, and not as shockingly, Alex Kirloff, have not played in a spring training game yet. What's going on there? Let's go talk to the chief baseball officer himself, <laughs> Derek Falvey, okay? And so this is a write-up from MLB Trade Rumors. These, uh, uh, the St. Paul Pioneer Press and MLB.com both talked to the chief baseball officer, Derek Falvey, who says, everything's fine. Quote, relying on our medical folks on what they think are the best next steps. Next steps? Play baseball. But they're still telling us that opening day is in play, barring anything changing. And both guys' feedback has been positive. So we're going to rely on the medical folks, the brilliant Twins medical folks, by the way, on what they think are the best next steps. Like what what next steps would you, if you're fine, if you're ready to go, and there's two weeks until the season, the next step would be playing in today's preseason spring training game, right? Why on a Monday morning are you doing this to me? Uh, I'm going to read this part again, too, because I find this interesting. The medical staff is still telling us that opening day is in play, barring anything changing. Barring anything changing, they haven't played in a yeah. spring training game yet. They haven't They haven't played, forget about nine innings. They haven't played one inning of a baseball game yet. They've been at spring training for oh. over a month. 
Oh, you didn't see the quote? I believe it was I believe it was Buxton who who said I can do more on the backfield games. Or no, it was Correa is he pl- after is he playing Keenan in like the, March the, 1st. the minor league B yes. games against yes. double playing A players. on backfields. Correa who didn't play until March 1st said, "Yeah, I'm not just taking days off, guys. I got those backfield games going on. I can get more ABs back there." This is very ominous. You're facing 19-year-old A-ball pitchers is what you're This thinking. is Okay. Well, first of all, I would like to say I will believe Kirloff will play in 2023 when I see it because they're basically saying sound the alarm there. When they say he's not where we would like and and it sounds like he is now he is now declining at times to take live BP, but the Buxton and Polanco thing, I'm with you. Some of those quotes are basically, don't be surprised if these guys don't start the season. Okay, and I'll admit I haven't been paying super close attention to like some of the other injury things in twin spring training. But So Nick Gordon suffered a high ankle sprain during a Grapefruit League game. Yep. A high ankle sprain. So it was he's, very weird. It was a very weird a play. Yes, sir. And then Jose Miranda also making good progress in his recovery from a sore shoulder. As Falvey said, the infielder has started a throwing program. So don't worry. Derek well, Falvey has told the assembled media everything's going to be fine for opening days. Uh, coming up next on Chapter 11 Central. Um, so, Oh, Kirloff, by the way, officially is a little bit behind our schedule. That's Falvey what I'm saying. Said. That's not good. It's kind of a tolerance thing on a daily basis for him. He's always which means, had- translation, he feels pain after the correct the, basically the last-ditch surgery. He said, "Is it being he, framed this way, or am I just like? Is this just one article that I'm?" No, no, no. Because the so Falvey talked to the Star Tribune, the Pioneer Press, and to Doe, and he basically on Kirilov. This goes right back to what it has been for a while now, which is when he takes live BP and hits pitching, he feels pain. So they're basically when they say what they're saying, they are essentially saying there's trouble here. Now on Buxton and Polanco, I'm skeptical. Um, I think they're leaving the door open for one of them to probably not start the season, if not both. But I don't know for sure. On Kirilov, though, sound the damn alarm. That's a really, really bad thing. Miranda, the Miranda thing is, so he started to, to throw. This this actually stopped him from going to the WBC, which is a great thing. I'm glad about that. Uh, but he's been scorching the ball. He's got like, I think he hit three home runs last week. So worst case... He can DH. But, yeah, the Buxton. Well, you know what's weird about the Buxton thing to you guys is we were told by Rocco last June it's a chronic knee problem. Now, they went in there, did surgery, and I'm going to guess cleaned that that up. But last time I checked, surgery doesn't fix a chronic problem. It can help it out. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Yeah, I so, think, you, I think I'm you, very you, curious about this one. So, is it possible that I'm just spitballing here because I mean the Twins aren't going to be shining a light on their strategy? Could they have decided whenever last year? Hey, it's chronic. So his knee's a ticking time bomb. The older he gets, the more games he plays, the more wear and tear. 
Right. So part of our strategy is, even though there's not a setback or anything, let's just have him play in as few yep. non-meaningful games as possible. So he's only going to play in five spring training games, get all of his work in in a controlled environment where he can go. What they do on the backfields, by the way, so... You know, hey Mackie, stick to stick to football. So I used to I used to be a Twins beat writer for several years. Oh, basketball, I thought. Uh, have not covered basketball, but like to pretend I know but something. Do a about Wolf basketball. podcast. Stick to basketball, Mackie. I know nothing about basketball. Uh, but on the baseball front, those backfields, oftentimes they'll just like fudge the games. So they might say, okay, we need Buxton to get three at bats, and so instead of playing in the game for like the seven innings it might take you to get three at bats, you would just lead off the first three innings. So that that would be a way that that's probably what they're trying to do is all right let's get him three at bat and I don't know and if right. someone's reported on this then I'm no, sorry no they haven't okay but you might you might lead off the first against minor league pitching lead off the second lead off the third they they don't allow you to do that in the grapefruit league games but it is a way of getting three at bats in without having to stand around the outfield for two and a half three hours they might just be trying to limit the miles on his tires well and you you say you know to hold hold him out of of uh, exhibition games but. Again, they didn't tell us until June, but their goal last year was 100 games. So who's to say that's not the goal again? I, I'm not concerned he's not playing. I'm concerned what happens when he plays. So well, like, yeah, I mean, everyone, everyone is, I think, right? No, like, but I'm saying like the slow cook thing being the plan, which Doogie did t- tell us he, there, there was a there was a one third plan. One third he doesn't play. One third he ramps up and then one-third something else. But I'm saying what concerns me is, okay, that's the plan, but you don't know what's going to happen when he actually has to start playing. And that's mm-hmm. my and that's my concern is I, I don't think that they're being hesitant to play him because he's in some great pain or something. But, you know, again, in Kansas City, opening day, he plays. Is it fine? Does it start to bark again? If it's chronic, it'll start to bark at some point. Yeah, well, the, fa- the fact that it's kind of a, it seems like a pain tolerance thing for Kirilov's wrist and a pain tolerance thing for, for Buxton's knees, right? Um, doesn't exactly inspire you going into the season. All right, I want to hear I want to hear one good Vegas statement from Declan. Oh. Who, by the way, I can't believe it, dude. You're 30 years old and you have yet to learn the travel hack that you're going to need the rest of your life. You flew in at like 11. You landed at like 10 or 11 p.m. Central Time on a Sunday night and didn't give yourself of all places to not give yourself a day to recover from. Yeah. Uh, well, number one, flights were absurd. So, uh, backstory, there was nine of us, eight of us on this trip. Three live here. One lives in Seattle. One lives in Portland. One lives in D.C. One lives in Iowa. So it was planes, trains, and automobiles trying to figure out the right flights to get there. Usually getting to Vegas is cheap, airline-wise. This was not the case. So we all like were on different flights, different times, leaving out. Even the three Minneapolis guys, none of us were on the same flight going in or out of this place. Um, so I had a blast. Uh, I did not come home with a dollar necessarily. You've been to, you've been to Vegas before, nope. right? first time. Oh, this was your first time in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Had oh, never been. Um, but because that later flight out, which, you know, was, I think we boarded like at 4.30 Vegas time, but, you know, that's 6.30 then Minnesota time. Um, yesterday, I can now confidently say after sitting on this for now, like overnight. Yesterday was probably the worst hangover experience I've ever had in my life. Ever. Ever. I, 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 I've, I've suffered more for sure. Like I've been in more pain. But because I was just like stuck in an airport and we were waiting, 
I think just the circumstance being in a small small plane, I won't say what airline I had to fly back home in, it was just all the stew of the perfect, awful hangover situation. And, man, I was so excited to be in my bed last night. What uh, What were the – was it headache? Was it – Upset stomach? All like, of what it. was the, the Upset culprit? stomach. Um, I've never uh, had to puke at an airport before, but that was checked off the box yesterday. Um, so, yeah, it was it was pretty brutal. We we were at Planet Hollywood Friday, Saturday night. That's where, that's where we stayed. Um, and then we did some nice dinners and whatnot. And, you know, it was weird. We actually joked. We were like, I think we all got a lot more, you know, we had a lot more fun on Friday night compared to Saturday night. But, you know, the just the two days of of partying like that will then catch up to you by Sunday, obviously. So, Yesterday was was a brutal day, but I had an absolute blast. I one hundred percent want to go back. I loved it. Super super fun. Judd, you've 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 been have you been to Vegas? Yeah, a couple Vegas times. Okay. I'm I'm not a I don't like it that, that much, but I've been there. It's fine. Uh, but I don't gamble really. So oh, that's a big misnomer. I do yep. love the sports books. I don't get. I I do a little sports betting here and there. I, uh, you know, you know, sports little, books are great. Little uh, poker back in the day. But it's it's you don't you don't need to sit there at a slot machine for yeah. there's so many things to do now. Yeah. Besides, there's shows you can go to. There's restaurants. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, just like walking around, dinking around, going to the different yeah. bars and stuff. There's so many things. We you saw can a do. show. It, it was fun, but if I'm going to spend my my hard earned travel dollars, I'm going east and and trying to find pubs. I'm not really uh like the the glitz and glamour. It's fine. And a lot of pe- people love it, but it's just not really my first choice. I also think you, it, can, find, you can find pubs in in Vegas. Yeah, but they're but they're pubs that now now downtown the, the old, old downtown's a blast. The man. old downtown is great. Little hogs and heifers, the gold gold nugget, and it's seedy. I love the seediness down there. Like it's yeah, you, dirty. Yeah, you, you might see some street performers and assless chaps. Oh yeah, you know? yep. yep. But I mean that's Vegas, the new strip. <laughs> That's all glory. That's all sanitized. I don't like that. I like character. I like old people. I like crazy. I, I think it also depends on like who you're going with too. Like like we were on there for a bachelor party, so it was just nine guys, you know, kind of going a little crazier than we probably should be now that we're all in our early thirties. But uh, yeah. I think it also matters who you go. Like my fiance has been to Vegas like six times, and she does not gamble and is not a big drinker, and she loves Vegas for all the reasons that Phil is saying for shows or shopping and external things that aren't just the vices that are Vegas. Yeah. You know, you can actually uh, you can get a little extra mm-hmm. kick out of a game without going to Vegas. You can sure. go to Underdog Fantasy, the Underdog Fantasy app. <laughs> yeah, the do. best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. And in fact, uh, what do we got here, Anthony Edwards? We got 27 and a half points over under tonight against the uh, Atlanta Hawks. Why don't you ride that over, okay? He's been hitting 30s a lot recently. Uh, you can go to Underdog Fantasy, uh, download the Underdog Fantasy app, use promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R, uh, new users get a first deposit a deposit match up to $100. And show us those winning slips. If you took Anthony Edwards tonight, let me see it. Uh, go download the Underdog Fantasy app. Also, a shout-out to our friends at Dennis Kirk. So uh, we're getting hopefully closer to outdoors and riding season. And uh, you should make sure that you're ready for it. Whether it's a Harley, Indian, Metric Cruiser, sport bike you ride, you'll find what you need at DennisKirk.com so you can ride more and weight less. Over 180,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets as well. Shipping is free for orders over $89, and uh, if you order by 8 p.m., they ship the same day. Everything you need for your ride at DennisKirk.com. Uh, real quick here, boys, to wrap. I want a mock. Mock! I have one of the first post-blockbuster trade mocks from a big publication here. Now that we have a new number one overall selector, The Athletic has redone their latest mock draft. Let's see who, who they have going where and where they have the Vikings uh, looking toward. 
All right, number one, Carolina Panthers via the Bears, via that trade. They take C.J. Stroud as the first quarterback off the board. We've done like 23 of these mocks. Still over half have cornerbacks going to the Vikings. Mm-hmm. That's still probably their biggest position of need. Patrick Peterson went on his, he went on actually Adam Schefter's podcast and throughout like the Bengals and a couple other teams he's interested in did not mention the Vikings, so he's probably not coming back. Texans select Bryce Young, number two. Cardinals select Will Anderson. And then the Ravens move up oh. to four and draft Anthony Richardson. <laughs> Bye-bye, Lamar. Wow. How about that? It says, uh, proposed transaction, Colts sign Lamar Jackson. Ravens acquire two first-round picks. So that would be the fourth and then wherever the other one is. Interesting. Uh, Seahawks, Jalen Carter. Will Levis goes seven to the Raiders. So there's your four quarterbacks on the first seven picks. Let's keep going down here. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Oh, wait a second. They only give you the first ten picks? Are you serious? They're only giving us ten picks? Is this for real? <laughs> Mac, you just got duped. <laughs> you just got trolled. Yeah. It's, uh, is this the first thing? It's, it's, it, it is, it's the first 10 picks and then the User error. Yeah. User error. Whoop, whoop, user error. <laughs> oh, man. Boy, for those of you that just waited 43 minutes and 50 yep. seconds for that mock. It was to bound to happen. Athletic had the Vikings pick. It was I'm about- sorry. Bi- Biggest day, <laughs> biggest football day of 2023 so far, and Mackey steps up to the line of scrimmage on fourth and eight and throws a check down. The Athletic is cheating you out of your $3 a month, or now on sale for $1 a month. Yep. It's the pre-free yep. agency sale. That's right. Oh, my God. I, right, well, I apologize on behalf of the teams, Phil. Bally Sports, you should have found their mock. Yeah, they're the Vikings uh, trading up. Yep. Uh, they give up uh, two seventh-round picks to move up to the second pick in the draft, and they take... Hold, hold <laughs> on. Before the Vikings pick, we have to skip a payment to our to our creditors. We defer. Okay. <laughs> yep. We are going to sell that Vikings pick that we were going to mock to our creditors because we can't afford it. Bally's has restructured. It's not Bally's, by the way. It's Sinclair. I, I think... Yes. I think... Pe- Bally's is probably like, wait a second, it's not yeah. us. We're just why doesn't Bally's get out at this point? If I'm Bally's, I'm like, are we we never <laughs> signed up paying to be- for this publicity? What is happening? Yeah. Ridiculous. Great point. All right, we're gonna we're gonna shut up here. Let Declan post uh, this Mackie and Judd <laughs> podcast, and then we will be monitoring, and we will be coming back at some point on this Monday for a Purple Daily reaction episode as uh, free agency tampering opens up here. So thanks for hanging out with us. Daily Minnesota sports, entertainment, speculation. It's Mackie and Judd.